Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and joining me, as ever, in the hot seat, it's Mr. Merrick Larwood. Hello, Merrick. Hello there, David. Hello, buddy. Hello, listeners. Goodbye. People who've stopped listening to the podcast. People who have listened to the wrong podcast by mistake, who are expecting one about painting and decorating that Merrick was advertising last week. Yes. Um, the, today I'm going to talk about a film I want to see called Zootropolis. Zootropolis. It, now, it's, this it's is, called, sorry. It's called Zootopia in America, isn't it? Because some European company, some European. I heard somewhere somewhere's got a copyright in you in Europe for some business. It's a zoo. I think it's a it zoo is, in yeah. Denmark, isn't it? That's called it's something zoo, like that. Uh, yeah. So you can't Zootopia. Yeah. Yeah. Surely, people aren't going to mistake a film for a real zoo. Yeah. You would hope. Yeah. Wouldn't you? And also, I, it's really good publicity for the zoo. Yeah, yeah. People are arseholes. I'm. Um, yeah. Who knows? Very weird. But anyway, what's this film about? Right. So there's this city, Zootopia, I, can't remember, I don't even know what it's called, I can't remember, my memory's gone so bad. Or There's all different animals in it. All, think of an animal. Yeah, a sloth. That's in it. That's actually a, a, okay. a, have you seen a trailer for it? Uh, no. The sloths are very funny in it. Oh, good. Um, all the animals live in this world, and they're different sort of areas, like an ice bit and, and a sort of jungly bit, and all this business. Like districts, like Chinatown and uh, the yes. posh bit. Yes. So imagine you take away all the Chinese. <laughs> yeah, and you replace them with sloths. Well, sort of, but more like a more climate 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 related. Oh, okay. Areas. Okay. Anyway, that's irrelevant. I don't know why I'm talking about that. But here's a police force. The police force, I mean, people who become police officers, they're always, almost always predators. Right. But this one bunny rabbit decides she wants to become a police officer as a child and becomes the very first... Um, herbivore. Yes, herbivore uh, or uh, uh, rabbit to be a police officer. 
and then she goes uh, uh, her boss who's this bison played by who, wh- who someone who gives the worst voiceover hang on a bison isn't a predator uh, a bison a big what are those well, maybe not all princes. Anyway, he's played her boss, the head police officer, assigns her rubbish jobs, and then she eventually um, gets on this case where the problems with the predators are turning back into predators. Oh dear! And she has to solve why this is happening. Okay, it's a bit like an old-fashioned detective story. It sounds a bit sort of noiry. Yes, it does feel like that. And she teams up with this fox, and they have to find out what's happening to predators. And there's a real undercurrent of. Um, a moral story about racism, whether being racist against predators because they're a certain type of breed. So right. that is what I didn't especially like about that. I don't really can't just make a kids' film without having a message the whole time, trying to moralise these children. Let them make their own decisions. They know what's right and wrong. It just rammed down their throats. I don't think they do know what's right and wrong. I do think you need to teach them. We're yeah, not, not born with single, right and wrong, are not we? Every single film has got to be some lecture no. on, oh, you know, hey guys, don't kill people. Okay. <laughs> they weren't all like that. Watch we'll, we'll it down. I talked about the last few weeks. Did that really have a moral? Maybe it did. Anyway, I'd get annoyed when I feel that when films become a little bit preachy, and this was just on the border. Yeah, overly moralising. Just on the border of that. It's very funny. It's It's a film. Definitely made with adults in mind. Oh, really? It operates on two different levels because it's done incredibly well, hasn't it? I mean, it's basically um, seems to be sort of competing or uh, getting rid of Batman v Superman. If you're the... a Guardian reading left wing parent, yeah, and you want to slightly educate your uh, child with these sort of uh, you know, don't be racist, yeah, views, yeah, moralising films, and you want to enjoy the film, I sat there, I went, uh, and there were lots of. Pe- I was the only white man <laughs> around. By himself, and there's lots of. Pe- I was only man with uh, a child there, right, so I looked like some weird pedo. But um, their pet, the, the, some guy was sitting with just two kids, and he was laughing just as much as the kids right, were. Yeah. And the kids were getting really into it. I think it's a really great film. It's really good. My one problem is, this is what my friend James Branch said to me the other week um, that he'd seen it with his kids, and I completely agree. A lot of the voiceover artists, particularly Idris Elba, who plays the chief police officer, right, is rubbish. Really, and it was, it was quite interesting watching this after watching Warship Down, which has one of the best voiceover casts. Mm. Uh, and I said, to people, you know, have um, John Hurt uh, and Richard Briers, yeah, yeah, and they're actually playing the characters. You feel they've really got into the character. Idris Elba, who I think is overrated anyway does not bring anything it's almost as if he's recording on his iPhone and sent off he's terrible he doesn't it's just him doing it uh, uh, I'm copying my friend James's point he says it's just celebrities being themselves right. rather than playing the character yeah, yeah. they're trying to be which is my big problem with this film but nonetheless I thought it was really entertaining a bit preachy I really enjoyed it it didn't really stay with me as a kids film didn't really have that magic that some of the Pixar mm. films have what was missing, do you think? Just a sort of clarity of story? I can't put my finger or... on it. I can't put my finger on... It was all very good. It was obviously... You could tell it. It was one of those films that felt like it would been through the writer's room several times. Yeah, yeah. And there's been a lot of work in tying it together. It's the kids' films that feel like that, where you go, oh, there's no fat on this at all. They have really worked uh, all this the out. Pixar ones. And, and then the adult ones, you go... 
That was overlong. Yeah. There was so much of that they didn't need. What the hell was all that about? Maybe because it's the animation and they realise that they've got to... They have to send something away for two months just to do that scene. So they really need to... It needs to earn its place. Yeah, because it's so much work. Quite possibly. Whereas just pointing a camera, you know, Michael Shannon. And not having to deal with actors, yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. And if you've got kids, it's really great to know you can go and see a film that you can enjoy... That's going to shut them up. <laughs> Eight Marricks. Eight Marricks for shutting kids up. Um, well, there you go. Zootropolis, or if you're listening from America, Zootopia. And it is not to be confused with the Danish zoo, uh, which we'll all be going to. Which is probably we? very good as it's well. It's probably I mean... a very good zoo. Um, do, you, do you like zoos? Just on a slight sidebar here. I, I love zoos, but I also hate them. Like, the big animals depress me in zoos, by and large. You know, big cats, the bears, always depress me. I'm indifferent to it. I'm going on... You're indifferent to their suffering. On one of my... uh, 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 Records a couple of days before it comes out. Yeah. I'm going to go to the zoo for one of my vlogs to Camden Zoo. Camden Zoo? London Zoo. London Zoo, the one in Regent's Park. Yeah, it's in Camden, isn't it, really? It's in Camden, yeah. Um, I get, I walk past, I walk buddy past London Zoo uh, most weeks, and uh, you get free zoo along the side of it. Yeah, so yeah. You, the, you get the camels; they're free. Uh, they always look happy because you know camels got nothing to do, and they don't mind any weather, which is good. But I never see the tiger because it's always hiding. Some people hate zoo. Some people don't. <laughs> there you go. I mean, want... Marek's message for the week. That incisive uh, um, message. <laughs> So we have a letter here uh, from James Lazenby and he says if David reads this out I would like an Australian but slightly fey accent much like Ian Thorpe the swimmer or Guy Pearce in Priscilla Queen of the Desert and if Marek reads it out just do your best mate. So well, I've gone off his bloke already. <laughs> Hey, you put yourself out there. People are going to feel like they're familiar with you, yeah? Put your head above the parapet and then people come on, kick it in. <laughs> so, what well, shall I do it then? If you're... Yeah, you do it. What's this, what, have you seen Priscilla Queen in the Desert? Um, it's, only it's clips years of it. ago I saw yeah. it. A slightly, a slightly fair Australian. Um, okay. Hi, Film Fandango. Long time listener, but have dropped off in the communication stakes. Life got in the way. Uh, but I just moved back home to Australia and on the way I watched a weird but delightful Australian movie called The Dressmaker starring Kate Winslet. To help me feel better about my return to my native country I was wondering if you could tell me what are your favourite Australian movies. I love Muriel's Wedding. I think it is quintessentially Australian. On the surface a quite frothy and comedic movie but with a real pathos to it at the same time. Anyway... Keep enjoying the films, James. Keep enjoying the films? He's got a catchphrase wrong there. I mean, that is unforgivable. Um, Australian films. I like an Australian film. They feel familiar and yet a bit different because they're different people, aren't they? Like a chocolate bar that's been left out in the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Melted, re- melted really badly and then reformed for something quite different. Yeah, and then you put a melted chocolate bar in the freezer... And then it's, you know, it's a new shape, isn't it? It yeah. still tastes all right, but it's like something chemical has gone wrong. 
Um, it's a bit like that. So Australians, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, Strictly Ballrooms, Australian. That's yes. a phenomenal film. Mad Max. Mad Max. Incredible. Crocodile Dundee, and I'm not even joking. Brilliant, brilliant film. I really love it. Absolutely brilliant film. Is it American? Is it Austra- American though? Well, it's it's got such an Australian atti- attitude. Paul Hogan has clearly got a lot to do with it. So mm. I think it it's it's probably a co-pro, isn't it? Um, there's uh, that sort of exploitation genre that Mad Max is part of. That there's quite a few things they do mental really well. Um, what's the film I'm trying to think of? It's called, I think it's called Outback. It's got Donald Pleasance in it, and it's about a man just gets sort of trapped in a small, drunken Australian town. Oh, when we town. watched, we, caught, we watched yeah. ages ago. The it's not called that. It's not called that, is it? Uh, Wake in Fright. Yeah. but it had another name. It did have an alternate title that was a bit more boring. Um, yeah, there's lots of them out there. What's yours? There's a brilliant hidden gem that Australians know about, which hasn't really come through into, I think, the UK culture so much. It's called Kenny. It um, came out in 2006. It's sort of a, uh, a mockumentary film about this bloke who runs this um, portable toilet company. Right. And he's talking about his job as a portable toilet cleaner. And he's re- really likeable, happy character... And the bloke who plays it, his name is Shane Jake Jacobson. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's oh, says it's shot in a uh, oh, in, well, he's okay. Where he's a, uh, it's shot in America in the states apparently, but he's Australian. So right. I'm going to say it's um, an Australian film. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. I think it captures yeah, yeah. Australian. He's Australian. He he, he wrote it. Um, Yes, so go if you can get Kenny, it's absolutely brilliant. It's really, really good, a different film. Uh, see if you can get hold of that. Yeah, and Wake in Fright was called Outback in the UK and okay. a few other countries, but um, that is a haunting piece, really good. Um, well, that's it for letters because we're running out of letters. So if you'd like to email us and have your letter read out and start a you know vague conversation we do no preparation for, then email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or if you find any you know articles online, then go to Facebook forward slash filmfandango and post them to one another. Or you can just tweet us. Follow us on Twitter, at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed and at Merrick Larwood. And also I should say, I forgot to say this last week, we do all of this for free. So, if you've enjoyed the show and would like it to keep going, then please go to filmfandango.co.uk and donate any money you can by following the links there. And everyone who has, thank you very, very thank much. Thank you very much. Um, now, I saw a film in the cinema this week. Um, I went to my new favourite cinema, the Picture House Central, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is very nice. You get a higher calibre of person in there. <laughs> I go to the Picture House Crouch End. I mean... yeah. I went to see a film called Midnight Special. I've heard good things about this. What yes, because you've listened to uh, the Komodo Mayo podcast, haven't you? For, for research. I listened to it because I'm, I'm, I'm doing my painting and decorating job. Okay. But Komodo wasn't on there. It was Sanjeev Bazkar and that Robbie Collins bloke. Okay. Well, Midnight Special is 
The next uh, film by writer-director Jeff Nichols, who you may know from Mud, which yes. I still haven't seen, which is the Matthew McConaughey film, and also Take Shelter, which uh, was very well received as well, I believe, in 2011. He's the guy who likes using Michael Shannon a lot, who is... Uh, um, he's the new General Zod in the uh, in Man he's of got Steel a and all that. Face. But incredible face. He's actually a brilliant actor as yeah. well. Uh, but he he likes Michael Shannon, um, and I've not seen Mud, but I've heard good things. Is it good? Is Mud good? I thought it was quite good. I think I gave it seven, or uh, some people really loved it. I thought it was respectably good, not You're especially right. groundbreaking. But okay, the, 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 the setting's quite. He sets his things in sort of the mid, in the sort of uh, sort of Texasy sort yeah, of uh, yeah. Midwesty kind of thing. Um, yeah, deep south rather. That is deep not south, the Midwest. Yeah. What am I talking about? Um, okay, so midnight special. It starts at night, and through uh, radio and news footage, you find out that a young boy that the news knows nothing about has been abducted apparently uh, by a man, and the man they know the name of, and he is played by Michael Shannon. And we see Michael Shannon with Joel Edgerton, who um, we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, talked about him in The Gift relatively recently. But um, they are in a car and the little boy is in the back reading comics with a torch and is apparently sort of happy this is happening. And it's a bit of a mystery of like what's gone on, what's happening. And uh, it very, very quickly transpires he's been abducted from a ranch, which is a sort of cult. So it's uh, they're a sort of re- alternative religious cult that live on this ranch and never leave, and the boy's been abducted from it, and they're trying to take the boy somewhere, and we don't know where. Uh, that is the setup of the film. Is it a bit like Looper? So uh, fear, the fear wise, it goes a bit X Filesy. Yes, uh, it goes a lot X Filesy. In fact. Um, and it, you, it slowly trickles out what's actually going on, and then an a NSA agent is brought into the mix, played by Adam Driver, who's uh, Kylo Ren in the new Star Wars. Uh, he's very good, Adam Driver. He's, you know, he was standout in Girls, and he's just doing good work. But, um, and then Kirst, uh, Kirsten Dunst is in it as well. But I've heard really good things about this film. Yeah, it's. Basically, it's shot like it's incredibly meaningful and deep. And for me, it doesn't quite work. Like, the acting is superb, and the shots on these guys are all beautifully composed. And some of it is genuinely tense. But at its heart, this is a chase movie. And it's one of the slowest chase movies I've ever seen. It is so slow as a film. And then it adds in, as you've predicted, a kind of sci-fi supernaturally element into it as well. So it starts out as a mystery and a chase. And the mystery is answered with basically magic, it may as well be. So it's not very satisfying as a mystery. And the chase is incredibly slow. <laughs> so You're saying rubbish? I think it is rubbish, yeah. And the people who made it should be <laughs> no, I'm not saying maimed. that. Should you know, maimed. We, you should try to do new things rather than always doing... What but... do you mean should happen to the people who made it? No, 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 they can carry on, you know. Well, should um, they be get reprimanded in any way? 
No, no, that people should just, you know, see their film the appropriate amount. That's the system we've already got in place and it nearly works. You're saying that we exist in a functioning meritocracy? Uh, it's sort of, yes. And that's why superhero films are so popular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it's interesting, this film, because they've tried to do something and make... Uh, a sci-fi-ish film have a greater emotional significance for uh, and be all about the characters and the pain they're going through and all of this but it doesn't quite fly because at the end of the day it's like what would it be like to feel true emotions when you're going through a situation that will never happen you're just like well I don't care it, ultimately, it's it's slow and doesn't really mean anything. Did I, you go by yourself? Uh, no, I went uh, with uh, a friend. Did they enjoy it? Uh, they found it the same as me, a bit slow. It's sort of fine. It's fine. I I still now do not know why it's called Midnight Special. That sounds like a sort of de- a good name for a, film. a deal. A deal in a diner for truckers after midnight coffee is free. Something like that. Um, I've no idea why it's called that. Maybe it's trying to evoke Midnight Run. It does sort of homage other things. There's a bit of E.T. in there and there's a bit of, you know, lots of different stuff thrown in. Oh, you put me off it now. I was looking forward to that. It's a bit of a mess, I'm afraid, and it is very slow. Oh, crikey. And in the end, I didn't really care. The, 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 The chase bits are done superbly well. When, you know, the tension is on and the pressure is on them and they have to, you know keep going and just get that's all done brilliantly but they're sort of few and far between and the bits in between are just just too slow for, for this genre at the end of the day the story it's telling doesn't mean very much and it's basically taking about two hours to tell a mediocre x-files episode you know just take a random mm. x-files episode and then take twice as long to tell it mm. and that's basically what you've got here um, everyone in it is very good in it. You know, the kid actor's even very good in it, but the, I don't really know why I'm supposed to care. Sometimes you can have all the ingredients, all the right ideas, yeah, and then you end up killing someone. <laughs> Has that happened often to you? Has that happened? Do, do you think... Or not? You're, what, you end up killing someone with the well, no, correct... But I'm saying one cat, one. One can. I'm, I'm painting... A scenario. You're doing a lot of painting at the moment. (laughs) Yes, I'm very good at painting. I'm I'm painting things white. Yeah. Blanking out the past. Whitewashing. Yeah, the whitewasher. Yeah. I was going to call myself the history destroyer, but it's not as good as the whitewasher. The whitewasher. That's a good. That is a great. The bumming man. And then he, (laughs) the arch villain for red listeners, of which of whom are dwindling. By the day. <laughs> um, who's the arch villain of the Boeing Man? The, the whitewasher. Not the bleacher. Listen, do your own bloody film. I'm going to. I'm going to. The bleacher's better as well. <laughs> oh. Look, we can do a co-pro. We'll work a deal the out. We'll bleacher. work a deal out. Yeah. He's trying to wipe out Boeing Man's memory. With his, with his psychic bleach, and the bummy man, he all he knows is that the bummy man has to. The last person he bummed, is he left something. 
The only way he can get his memories back is to bum the last person he bummed. He he is lost. He needs to... Fu- the bone man's going to be destroyed and his memory is in the DNA he left in someone else's bum. But the bleacher is... Makes clean- sense. The bleacher is cleaning <sighs> out the bum. Bleacher. So it's a race against time to recover his memory and therefore his own identity. Yeah, he's bummed a lot of people, the Bowie Man, but the bitch sure. is gone and he's cleaned off all evidence of them of, and the Bowie Man, his memory... I mean, what will he have left? You know in Back to the Future when their memories are going, so yeah, yeah, fading his away. memories, that's the Bowie Man's memory. Oh, man. No one's done a film like this before. No, I mean, it sounds like he's got Alzheimer's, to be honest. It's a bit like that, but he could do something about it. Yeah. And it's a superhero film. They're gonna go, I'm going to start writing this. Okay. Okay, the well, it's the bleacher. You can have that. That's Would you like to play the bleacher? I'd quite like to, as long as I don't genuinely have to bleach anyone. You've got to bleach people as assholes. <laughs> is that all the job is? Does he speak at That's all? That's what his job is. Originally, he, he is um, <laughs> bleaching someone's asshole. Yeah. And he catches a disease from that and he becomes a superhero power. But, that he but can... a crazed one. Yeah. He bleaches his own mind. He breaches people's minds by sticking his finger in their asses. <laughs> That's different, but okay. That's a different thing. You want to play that character. This role has changed very He's quickly. To wear white, he wears white gloves. I see him as very... Oh, I'd like to wear some white gloves. Very so. pasty-faced. Yeah, yeah. And he just puts his finger inside people... I've ruined oh, this. You're this just going to cast Benedict Cumberbatch because I think he's perfect he'd for the role. He would be quite good as a bleacher, but he just plays exactly the same and everything else that he does. Yeah. And I've ruined the whole, any sense of this podcast being uh, some... Wow, <laughs> uh, uh, well, I can't even speak. Oh, okay. Well, we've actually talked about two whole films there, Marek. We've, we've got through it. At three, including the Bombing Man Bombing Man v. Bleacher. Why not tell us if you want to hear more about the Bombing Man or less? <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> Just email us with more bumming man or less bumming man. Or if you would like this podcast to be solely about the discussion of the bumming man and we can all write it together as his project and and if anyone is still listening, those people buy tickets. Yeah. And maybe enough for half a... Oh, this is what I was going to say. What? Uh, the Picture House are doing a thing where you can pick a film oh, and put yeah, it on yeah, a yeah. day and get a screening... And we could do a Film Fandango version of that if we people want do. to watch it's, a film. It's basically like uh, crowdfunding a cinema screening by everyone buying the tickets before it exists. So if, as long as you get enough people saying they're booked in to come see it on that night... You could pick a cinema and then go to the bar afterwards and get drunk and see everyone. That's a good idea. I mean, it's you should have you should have talked to me about it before we were recording because now we can't do anything about it but we'll talk about it afterwards no no but uh, 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 I thought of it as I, I, didn't, I didn't really think of it at all yeah I just thought of it then oh right okay well let's talk about it after we stop recording so yeah, they yeah. don't need to listen to this conversation yeah sorry uh, bye <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that that's exciting I like that idea we should yeah. do that we should do that okay um, we're going to go away and do that but um, in the meantime please for the love of God keep watching the films Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.